Line Podcast. This is the Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. I'm Jimmy Finizzi alongside Neil Villapiano. We hope you're doing well. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We really do appreciate it. Before we get started, you know the drill. Questions, opinions, Twitter and Instagram at BottomLineWMCX and on Twitter at the NVP Show. And also on Instagram, yes, I will remember that from now on, Neil. On Instagram at NVPQB11, hashtag Bottom line, leave a voice message on the Anchor app or at anchor.fm. And as, as always, if you like what you see on YouTube, please leave a like and a comment down below. It helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you do not miss a single episode. And please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Neil, first and foremost, it's a new week. I know it's been kind of a uh, kind of a crazy week with the both of us. How's everything on your end? Everything's going fine. Uh, you know, just taking it one day at a time. We're, we're dealing with a lot of uh, a lot of snow. Um, supposed to get even more over the next couple of days. Um, and, you know, just trying to take it, you know, one step at a time and trying to persevere. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. The, the snow has been ridiculous here at the Jersey Shore. I'm, I'm getting sick of it at this point, but you know what? You got to make do with what you got. So I, I 100% feel you. I'm doing fine as well. But um. We're not talking about we're not talking about snow today. We're not going on a tangent on the weather mm. outside. We're going on a bit of a tangent about the Super Bowl. So, with that being said, let's just jump right into it. So, Super Bowl Fifty Five took place this past Sunday, Tampa Bay and Kansas City. And look, if I'm being hundred percent honest about how this game went, was I excited first going in? Absolutely. Who wasn't excited? But when the first points were scored, I saw, you know, Kansas City took a 3-0 lead. All right, it's gonna, it's probably going to be one of those games. Defenses are probably going to come up strong. But as the game went on, I found myself being bored. Like, I'm, I'm going to be real. The game was boring. I mean, my God, can something else happen besides Tampa Bay being pretty much all over the place? It was pretty much... It was all Tampa Bay right from kickoff. I know, again, Kansas City took a 3-0 lead to start. They had a lead. I was like, okay, well, that's definitely not going to last long because Tampa's going to respond. And lo and behold, they did. They took a 7-3 lead. You got that. But right after that, (laughs) what the hell happened? What the hell? Well, actually, I'll answer that. An absolute beat down happened. Beat down 31 to nine was the final score. Tampa Bay wins their second Super Bowl in franchise history. First one since 2002. Tom Brady winning his seventh ring, which is more than any franchise in NFL history. Want to let that sink in again? More than any NFL franchise. Okay, let that sink in for just a few seconds. Okay, time's up. But anyway. But no, seriously, and he also won his fifth, fifth Super Bowl MVP, which is also an NFL record. So Neil and I went one and zero in our Super Bowl picks from last week, but we're not going to brag about that too much. But but you went one and zero? No, you didn't. I picked Tampa Bay. 
No, you didn't. Yes, I, I swear I picked I'm Tampa Bay. I'm pretty sure you picked Kansas City. Go back and listen to the tape. I picked Tampa All Bay. Right. All Go right. back and listen to the tape. But right. anyway, anyway. And if you think I'm crazy, if I did pick Kansas City, let me know. And I'll admit I was wrong. But I swear I picked Tampa Bay. But I digress. We're not going to get into a whole tangent about that. But look, this, this game was boring. All right? Just flat out boring. Let me give you a couple of stats here. First, let's go to the Tampa Bay side of things first, because it was basically all them from the get-go. Tom Brady, 201 yards passing, three touchdown passes. Leonard Fournette had a rushing touchdown along with 89 yards. Ronald Jones, yeah, look, he was hurt all season. There's no question about it. He only had 61 yards rushing, but it was nice to see Ronald Jones get a few touches every now and then. Rob Gronkowski, of course, was one of the stars of the game, had 67 yards receiving and also had two touchdowns and Antonio Brown also had a touchdown catch which I I thought was absolutely big for him I don't know if he's going to stay there long term but we'll see what happens there I don't know for sure but hey maybe Bruce Arians will find a way to keep him around plus Tom Brady will definitely want him around long term or at least for as long as he's there I know next year is the uh, last year of his contract in Tampa Bay so we'll see what happens there but that's the Tampa Bay side of things oh and also um, Kansas City had more total yards, just 10 more total yards, 350 to 340 in favor of Kansas City. Kansas City also had more passing yards, 243 to Tampa Bay's 195. Tampa Bay beat them in the running game. That was no question about that. I mean, look, Kansas City, we knew that their offensive line was going to be a major struggle, especially with a couple of key losses, including Eric Fisher, so that was going to be a big, big blow, and it showed. It definitely showed because Pat Mahomes was literally running for his life. He looked human for the first time in quite. I think. I think the only other time I've seen him look human was when he had that very rare five interception game against the Miami Dolphins. I think that was, I think that was, I think that was this year. Am I right? It, it was this year against Miami. I believe so. Okay. I just want to, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm getting that correct. But those are the only two times where I've seen Patrick Mahomes look human, the five interception game against Miami and this past Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes did not even have a single touchdown pass despite throwing for nearly 300 yards he had two interceptions. The only inkling, just a teeny bitty, itty bitty, teeny little inkling where Kansas City actually looked like they were going to get something going was when they gave the ball to Clyde edwards alaire Yeah, I know he only had 64 yards rushing, but it seemed to have been working with him. Why didn't you just keep that going? This way you would have had at least one or two touchdowns. But anyway, that's beside the point. But to do what Tampa Bay did, that defense really, really stood tall. I mean, with guys like Dominican Sue, Shaq Barrett, uh, Jason Pierre, Paul getting on the ring. And by the way, congratulations to him. Neil and I are Giants fans, if you may not know. And we've always supported JPP. So congratulations to him on getting another loss. Oh, well, at least I have. I don't I don't support his off the field situation. Well, I, I mean, well, yeah, the, I don't there, support there, that. there is that. There is that, but but also, on the but not, on the also, on the he's field, not the Giants anymore. So I mean, it's 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 like the same thing. If you ask, like you know, if any Patriots fan is like, "Oh, I'm happy for Tom Brady," why would you be happy for him? He won a ring, and he did. He didn't win it with you. You didn't win it. 
Like mm. he won it with another team. Same thing with Giants fans. Like I get it. Like JPP did great things in New York, and yeah, it was probably dumb of David Gettleman to trade him away. But at the same time, you know, JPP is not a giant anymore. And I get it from if you're a retired player like you know OCU Minyara or you know even Eli Manning. I mean, I, I can I could see why you would want to see that. But if you're a Giants fan, what you know, I would say it doesn't matter. You know mm. whether or not JPP wins another ring. What what you would wish is that he was on the Giants, helping the defense continue to improve. That's mm-hmm. what I would. That's what I would be happy about. But as far as do I, I don't support JPP. What he did with the fireworks incident, um, I'm happy that he's kind of revived his you know reputation and has become a invi- invaluable part to that Bucks defense. But as far as him winning another ring, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, you 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 do make a couple of fair points. I mean, I obviously don't support what he did with the fireworks. That's just that's just stupid. Just to blatantly put it, it was stupid. But I digress. But anyway, we're getting off track here. So the only other guy on Kansas City that looked formidably what what's the word? Uh, useful. Useful. Yeah, thank you. Useful on offense was Travis Kelsey again, despite not having a touchdown. Travis Kelsey did have 133 receiving yards. So him and Clyde Ed- Edwards-Alaire were the only two people, in my opinion, that were at least somewhat useful offensively. But to be held to no touchdowns. I mean, look, I'm not going to question Kansas City. I'm not. I still think they're going to be very, very competitive and have still have a legitimate shot to keep going to the Super Bowl for many, many years, given the fact that they have so much talent on that team. And with Andy Reid still there, I still think they're going to be competitive. But I have a lot of questions about this Super Bowl. (sighs) Again, to be held to zero, zero touchdowns, to have a quarterback literally running for his life with little to no protection whatsoever. I think Patrick Mahomes had what? Literally 500 yards almost while he was under pressure. Can you imagine that? Having 500 yards and being under pressure like that. If you actually watched, his offensive line did not help him. I get it. They were banged up. That's another story for another day. But even still, that is absolutely inexcusable. Patrick Mahomes is partially to blame, but... I got to give more I, I got to give Tampa Bay a lot more credit here. I mean, they really stood their ground. Their defense stood up tall and they took a well-oiled machine in the Kansas City offense and held them to nothing. Nothing. 3 field goals. That's it. 3 field goals. So, look, the bottom line is congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's their second Super Bowl championship. Tom Brady with his 7th ring and his 5th Super Bowl. MVP. But in my personal opinion, yes, it is nice to see Tom Brady get his fifth MVP. But can you give the MVP to the entire defense, please? I mean, because that that really, to me, is what really won on that championship. That that old saying, defense wins championships, that just proved it right there in Super Bowl 55. And that's the bottom line. I mean, I agree with you a lot about how this Super Bowl was really boring. I mean, you know, it, it clearly showed that, you know, the Chiefs have weaknesses. Um, and this is a bad sign 
for you know Kansas City, and it's a good sign for the rest of the league because it just proves that they can be beat. I mean, the only team in the regular season to beat the Kansas City Chiefs was the was the Las Vegas Raiders, and right. they could have beaten them both times had their defense actually been able to stop anybody. But you know, going into this game, we had talked about it on the previous show that you know the the thing you're going to want to watch is how much does Todd Bowles blitz? Well, if you can believe it or not. He only blitzed, I think, maybe 12 or 13 times the entire game. He pretty much put all this trust in that defensive line because he knew that the left side of the offensive line for the Chiefs was banged up, that they were going to their second and third guys. And that was just going to be a cakewalk for that defense. And as a result, Mahomes had very little to no time to throw the football. He looked very inaccurate. And I mean, hell, even his incompletions were incredibly impressive. I mean, you know, for him to do the type of stuff, I mean, it just shows the type of talent that Patrick Mahomes has. But it kind of makes you wonder, in a way, was this the the best chance the Chiefs had to maybe start their own dynasty? It's a good – I think it's a fair question because – Look, yeah. down the road within the next year or two, you know, there's going to be some more guys, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you know, some of their main weapons that are going to be coming up at the end of their contracts. And the fact that you have, you know, basically half a billion dollars being given to one player, you know, it, it makes it more difficult for the Chiefs to go out and be able to stay, you know, competitive and to get more talent. Eventually, it's mm. going to bite you in the ass. And that's really what you know, I'm kind of curious to see how the Chiefs respond to this. But, you know, going to Tampa Bay and talking about it, there's one thing that you didn't mention at all, and I'm kind of surprised that you didn't, was that there was a abundance amount of bad penalties called against Kansas City's defense oh, in the first half bro, of that oh, game. Right. Yeah, especially especially that. in the first Let me talk half? About, like, are you kidding about, me? Well, that's what I was going to bring up. I mean, you talk about – it was clearly obvious – And I know that everyone's going to be conspiracy theorists and everything, but let's just call it like it is. When you have Tom Brady on your team, you're going to get a lot more calls than you normally would. This is just obvious. The NFL has decided to make Tom Brady the golden child. And so they're going to make sure that this continues because they want to see this because they, they believe the league itself believes that it is good to have quote unquote, a villain, a guy that has all the success and everybody wants to be like, you know, Tom Brady, 40 plus years of age, throwing 40 touchdowns in the regular season and then taking a wild card team all the way to winning a Super Bowl championship in their home stadium nonetheless yes. in their home in their home city. So all of this is just trying to continue to make sure that Tom Brady solidifies himself as the greatest of all time. And look, there's nothing there's nothing, you know, that we can't deny that there is some level of skill that Tom Brady has, especially as he's gotten older. And I think also you have to think about it and say he got his opportunity and he made the best of it. But there also has been a lot of help from others, other people around the league to try to make sure. And if you look at throughout Tom Brady's career in a lot of those critical games, there ends up being a call or two or three or four that pretty much hands the game to whatever team Tom Brady is on. I mean, we saw it when the Giants played the Bucks on Monday Night Football. We've seen it several other times in the Super Bowl for the NFL to have the balls to make that many, you know, outrageous calls in a Super Bowl was, you know, was a very, very bad thing because it made it obvious that clearly the Chiefs had no prayer of winning this game no matter what. Yeah, Mm -hmm. their offense could have turned it around and they should have been able to turn it around with the amount of talent that they have on their side. But let's just be honest here. 
The defense of the Chiefs got screwed a couple times. Here's an example. Third and 10, the Bucs are trying to drive to go up. I believe at that time it was going to be 21 to 3. Yeah, 21 to 3, 21 to 6. And, you know, Brady tries to dump it off to Leonard Fournette. It hits off his hand. It's intercepted by Tyron Matthew. So I'm thinking, okay, interception. Chiefs got a chance to go down and score before he did half. Wait, there's a flag. Traverius Ward gets called for a very, very ticky-tacky holding against mm. Mike Evans. Very ticky-tacky. Now you will. Now I will say this. I will say this. The penalty before where Brady went deep late in the half to Mike Evans and he was tripped from behind. That was a penalty. I mean, yeah, that, no, I'm not that, gonna that, argue that, that. That was obvious. I'm not going to argue that. But then the Bucks eventually try to attempt to kick a field goal. I believe when they were up seven to three, they were just going to kick a field goal. And that was a self-inflicted penalty by Kansas City. Guy was offside. That's ridiculous. Yes. But go to the main penalty that everybody's talking about. It's third and goal. Brady, or excuse me, second and goal, actually. Brady does a play action. He tried to look for, I believe he was looking for either Gronk or Mike Evans in the back of the end zone. And the ball was completely overthrown. There was no way it was going to be caught. And the ref threw a flag. And Tyron Matthew immediately thought, okay, this is going to be holding against them. He immediately pointed to the Buck side. But the refs decided to go and say it was pass interference against Tyron Matthew, which again is like, what is pass interference? Because clearly that ball was uncatchable and there was no way that they were going to be able to get it. And mm-hmm. as a result, the Bucks got a first and goal and they ended up scoring. And then we had the whole confrontation with Tyron Matthew and Tom Brady talking a lot of smack, which a lot of it, I think, comes from Tyron Matthew was completely and over-the-top frustrated with the amount of BS calls that the Chiefs were getting against them in that first half. And that, to me, showed us that this game was over in the first half. Because at that point, there was no way the Chiefs, even with their offense being able to do what it's done and coming from behind, there's no way they would have won that game because the refs would have continued to find ways to keep the Chiefs from coming back. The reason that we didn't see a lot of egregious penalties in the second half was because the game was already in hand. The Bucs had it in complete control, and they knew exactly, you know, that the Bucs were going to end up winning this game. So, you know, yes, this game was very boring for a multitude of reasons. It was one-sided, which we've seen a lot of, which, well, we used to see back in the 80s when every Super Bowl was a damn blowout. Yes. And we also, <laughs> and, and, you know, when you also have the refs basically taking the control of the game out of the players' hands, there's nothing you could do about it as a player. So that's the unfortunate thing. So that's what makes me upset about this game. And another thing that really irks me is simply this. First of all, there should have been no fans at the Super Bowl. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I know that it was mostly healthcare workers, but there were also big name celebrities that were at that game. Do not lie to me. I know this for a fact. I saw no, you're right. my own eyes. You're right. This was clear. This is why people were calling it the super spreader bowl, because look, even though everybody's wearing masks, let's be real here. They were going to get concessions. They were going to get drinks and food, and they were going to take off their mask or pull it down, and they were going to eat, and it was still going to spread. I mean, I'm not, I'm hoping that nobody gets it, but let's be real here. You know, there is still that very likely possibility, and it is Florida, which is the most BS state when it comes to handling COVID-19. Oh, and then let's add on this. After the Bucs won the Super Bowl, the amount of videos and pictures that I saw of people dancing in the streets with literally no mask, no nothing, Mm. jumping on top of telephone wires, 
all that happy horse manure, it clearly proves that they learned nothing, that this was the worst case scenario for football fans, for human beings, because it basically just gave these people an opportunity to go out and do the exact opposite of what we've been trying to fight for nearly a year now. We are approaching, we are about a month away from this being one year since this whole damn pandemic started. And we're still not where we need to be and where we should be. And people just don't give a shit. Excuse my language, but they just don't care. They haven't cared. They won't care. And the other thing that pissed me off, well, it didn't piss me off. The halftime show was terrible. I gave it like a five out of 10 to be nice. But honestly, what are we doing with the halftime show, ladies and gentlemen? What the hell are we doing? Can we go back to having just like a band performing? Because that would be a lot more entertaining from a musical standpoint than seeing a guy grabbing the camera, going like this, becoming a damn meme, and all these other things. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. And, you know, you think, The weekend, what talent does he really have? He has very little to no talent whatsoever as a singer. I mean, honestly, half the time, it's probably auto-tune. Matter of fact, most people in the industry now, it's all about auto-tune. And it's not about singing anymore. It's all about having a look and being able to resonate with the younger people. That's literally all we've seen. No, Not a lot of people in the industry right now, in my opinion, are super, super talented. Like super, like, yeah, they do outrageous stuff, but they can back it up because they're good at what they do. A lot, I mean, The weekend, like, you couldn't have figured out someone else. I mean, you couldn't have, you know, picked someone that was a little bit more entertaining. I mean, it's, it's stupid to me. And so... This whole Super Bowl in general, to me, I gave it like a two out of 10. I mean, it just, the game kind of sucked. Well, the game didn't kind of suck. It did suck. The (laughs) halftime performance was mediocre to bad. The fact that they had so many people, I mean, even though they had cutouts and everything of, of people, there was still a lot of people at the game. Yeah, I, I, think, and, I think they had cutouts mainly in like the upper bowl area. Yeah, right? but that doesn't like that. That means nothing to me because there were still people there. And I get it. It's the Super Bowl. You're trying to make money. You're trying to recover from co- from from the pandemic. Well, guess what? In all honesty, we shouldn't have been playing in the first place. I know that people don't want to hear this. I get it because I'm a sports person. You're a sports person, Jimmy. We all are. We want to see sports. But I look at like what the NHL is going on right now with their with their outbreaks. I really hope the NHL suspends. The rest of the season because this is ridiculous this is actually ridiculous that so many games are getting postponed and they're being moved back yada 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 the, the reason why the nfl was able to get through what it needed to get through they play once a week these yep. teams play once a week honestly so it's much easier for them to be you know confined to certain spaces and to not be worried about you know having to spread it to other people so you know so many times that's why the nfl was able to get away with it but in all honesty was this a legit season this was probably the closest we are going to get at least for now whether it being a legit season because they did play all 16 games the only difference was there was no preseason. There right. was no mini camp. There was no rookie camp. These guys just jumped into it. And of course we had the Bucks and the Chiefs. That, I mean, that was something that most of us expected at the beginning of the year. We were hoping that wasn't the case because we always like to see inter- interesting matchups. Right. But of course that's what we get. And we all knew 
that even though a lot of us, including myself, predicted that it was going to be a high-scoring game, this was no different to me than the Super Bowl a couple years ago between the Rams and the Patriots. It was oh. boring. It was oh boring. In that, that, that game, horrendous. it wasn't a blowout. It was just that both teams didn't know how to play football, and their offenses were hot garbage. In this game, the Chiefs just decided not to show up. And they couldn't figure it out. And yep. Todd Bowles deserves all the credit in the world. If they could give the Super Bowl MVP to a coach, I would give it to Todd Bowles wholeheartedly. He's one of the best, if not the best, defensive coordinator in the National Football League, 100%. bar none. You also got to give credit to Byron Leftwich. Look at the last two years that Byron Leftwich has been the offensive coordinator for the Bucs. He had Jameis Winston the year before, well over 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Yeah, he also th threw 30 interceptions. But... The fact that he was able to put up those type of offensive numbers is tremendous. He gets a 43-year-old Tom Brady who goes out, and in his 43rd age season, he goes out and throws 40 touchdowns, which was the most he had thrown since 2007 when he threw over 50 touchdowns. Yep. That, to me, is remarkable. And, yes, he had all these weapons, and I get all that. But still, he is a tremendous offensive coordinator. And even though probably half of the play calling is Bruce Arians, at the same time, you know, you do have to have an offensive coordinator who can make some good plays and make some right calls. And that's what it was. And I would not be surprised that Byron Leftwich within the next year gets an opportunity to maybe be a head coach somewhere because he certainly proved it with what he's done. And you've got to also shout out Bruce Arians because here's yes. a couple things. Number one, he has the most diverse coaching staff in the National Football League. He has four black coaches as his main assistants he also has two women as main coaches as well this guy literally is all about equality both in race and sex and that to me is tremendous because he basically looks at it and says if you can do what i need you to do i'm hiring you and that's straight up and that that is straight up shouldn't and that be how it is everywhere I, of course but if, but here, you know we do live in the united states and it's going to take a long 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 long, long time to get where everybody really is treated equal. As much as everybody wants to be optimistic, it took a long time to get to the point where everybody was no longer okay with the mistreatment of Black people, of women. I mean, we have to remember, there was a time where everybody just said the N-word like it was just part of the English language. Like it was just the norm. And now we're trying to get out of that. We're trying to get out of it. And it's going to take a long time to get out of those things. And it's going to be coming from teaching more and more generations to follow that this is not okay, that we have to treat everyone as equal and everyone deserves an equal opportunity. And that, in that way, we can find a way to start to start to get rid of racism, get rid of sexism, get rid of, you know, everything that is wrong with our world. And I like that Bruce Arians has, be, has been so open about it. He hasn't talked about it as much, but you could just, he doesn't have to talk about it. Just look at his damn staff. That is incredible in my opinion. And the people that he has as coaches are kick-ass type of people. And that's what Bruce Arians wants. All those people, whether it's the women, it's black coaches, it's white coaches, it doesn't matter. They kick ass. That's really what it's all about. And I have to give him all the credit in the world. But really, and this is what I consider a rant because a lot of this is just me being frustrated from what I saw. The thing that people need to understand as well is that you could have given the Super Bowl MVP to Gronk, 
You could have given the Super Bowl MVP to Leonard Fournette, who yes. I want to say I told I told everybody on the previous show that he was going to have a big game, and he did just he did. that. He did just that. He could have had opportunities to score two or three more times, honestly. But they had to give it to Tom Brady because – yeah, he threw three touchdown passes. Yeah, I mean, you know, did he throw for that many yards? No, but it's Tom Brady. And this is mm-hmm. the fifth Super Bowl MVP he's won, which is two more than any other player in NFL history. It's the constant, let's continue to hype up the golden child because it's Tom Brady, man. That's what it's all about. And so when you look at the Bucs as a whole, they're obviously going to be the favorites coming out of the, of the NFC and going to be the favorites to win it all. Next year, especially if they can retain Shaq Barrett via free agency, if they keep Chris Godwin, or hell, I just heard today on ESPN, maybe they'll maybe they'll try to go after and get Odell Beckham, and maybe Ooh. they'll just have him as well. Oh, so boy. this sucks because this is probably the beginning of a new dynasty, a new Brady dynasty. I'm just gonna be straight up honest with you, and it's it just it is what it is. It is what it is. The Super Bowl sucked. The halftime show was 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 crap um they shouldn't have had fans in my opinion that's just me because i care more about safety than i do caring about a goddamn football game that that's really what it is but that's just my whole opinion on the whole matter no i mean i i i can't argue with anything you just said i mean you do make you do make very very fair points i mean as far as the as far as the safety of people i i i totally get where you're coming from i mean it's better to be excuse me it's better to be safe than sorry but unfortunately in today's society nobody cares why because it's all about them and that shouldn't be the case at all but i'm not going to go into a rant about that you already know our feelings about what's been going on but listen i have to slightly just slightly disagree with you about the halftime show look was it the best i've ever seen no i've seen a hell of a lot better a la prince Michael Jackson. We just did a, we did a top five. Wait, we did a top five, and all of the ones that we listed were better than this one. No, no, one hundred percent, absolutely. And by the way, if you haven't seen the top five Super Bowl halftime shows list, go check that out. I'll leave a link in the description section of both the video <laughs> and on Anchor.fm, so you can go watch it if you haven't already. But what we listed on there, if you didn't watch it, was a thousand times better than this one. Now. I actually do like The Weeknd. He's one of my guilty pleasure artists that I like to listen to on occasion. He's he, he, he's okay. He, he's, he's okay. He's not, he, look, he's not the most talented guy I've ever heard. I'll be honest with you. I've heard a lot more talented people. But for what he is, in my personal opinion, he's, he's okay. The presentation, I thought, was actually really, really cool. I will give it that. Some of the things that I saw were, like, very, very head scratching in my opinion especially when he was grabbing that camera like this like you said neil and he was creating like a whole bunch of me like meme worthy moments according to a lot of people it's just like like what 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 are we doing here like shouldn't the super bowl halftime show be like not about memes just focusing on like look forget about solo acts like you said i want to see more bands in halftime shows I'm not saying like bring the Rolling Stones back or the Who back. We don't, we, we don't, we, we, it would be nice to see them back. But if we're being honest with ourselves, and I'm going to be real, this is going to be, this is going to be a bold prediction by me. Not a prediction, but it's a fantasy. I would love to see Queen perform at a halftime show. Ooh. I would love Ooh, to see bad Brian idea. May and Roger Taylor perform at a halftime show. Do you know what kind of ratings that would get if they did a Super Bowl halftime show? 
they'd be through the freaking roof. They've been in the music business for nearly 50 freaking years. Yes, it's not the same without Freddie Mercury anymore. I understand that. But like I've said before, Adam Lambert is doing a fantastic job with Queen. And if you don't believe me, go look it up for yourself. Go look up Queen and Adam Lambert. I promise you it will be worth your time. But like I said, the weekend, look, the halftime show, yes, it could have been a thousand times better. Yes, I do agree with that. So it wasn't the best I've ever seen, but I thought I thought it was I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. It, it could have been a, a hundred times better, though, in my opinion. But as far as the actual game itself, yes, we both can agree on the game sucked. It was boring. Yeah. It was one-sided right from the get-go. Yep. And look, like you said, yep. Todd Bowles deserves a hell of a lot of credit. Not a very good head coach, but a fantastic defensive coordinator. And look, you mentioned Bruce Arians. I am so, so happy for that man because like you said before, he has the most diverse coaching staff in the National Football League. And like you said, he's all about equality and it shows. He doesn't even have to, he's an, he doesn't even have to talk about it. Just look at look at the staff and that will tell you a whole lot. I am so happy for him. I'm so happy for his entire coaching staff. Heck, I'm even happy for the organization. I'm even happy for the Tampa Bay organization, even though I hated seeing Tom Brady win again. But as far as the organization, I am happy for them. So look, the bottom line for me is, Neil, I don't know if you have any more last parting thoughts, but the bottom line for me is congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their entire organization. And yes, I will say it. Congratulations once again to Tom freaking Brady on winning his seventh ring and his Super Bowl MVP. Oh, and uh, congrats to Gronk because he also won again. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. I mean, like I said, it was, it was a boring game. It was a boring presentation. Uh, it was scripted in many ways. I mean, this was, we, I think anybody who picked the Chiefs didn't understand, in my opinion, didn't understand how everything was already scripted and it was already set up. You know, they're playing in Tampa, right. it, you know, nobody has ever played in their own stadium, you know, and won a Super Bowl. And that's what the Bucs were going to do. They have Tom Brady, they have Gronk. I mean, it's this clearly shows also that it was clearly Bill Belichick that made a lot of people not want to be in New England anymore. Like, yeah, they enjoyed the success and winning championships. Right. But I think the treatment that, you know, Brady and Gronk got that maybe they looked at it like they're not being treated as the great players that the media and fans and other coaches look at them, that they wanted to go somewhere where they would be treated that way. And mm. as a result, they went to Tampa and that's, that's what it is. And Tampa has become a destination. Now there's going to be a lot of rumors over the off season as to guys maybe going there. I mean, there's a bunch of big name hell, maybe even Juju Smith Schuster will sign a one-year deal with Tampa and go win a ring. I mean, it, you know, it did like, I wouldn't throw out any any crazy possibility. I, I wouldn't right. because, again, you just never know with how these teams, you know, just get these great players on one- or two-year deals because collusion mm. is is big time in football. It's big time in basketball. Um, not so much in baseball and hockey, but it, it could be that, that way every now and then. But, you know, it is what it is. The Super Bowl was mids. The halftime show was, was not that good. Um, and, yeah, that's all I got to say. <laughs> but hey you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. before hey 
the Cleveland Browns seem to be doing just fine without him. So, heck, maybe they could move him in the offseason. Who the heck knows? The offseason is going to be absolutely fascinating, by the way, with what the hell is going on with a bunch of storylines. But we'll definitely do an offseason episode in the future, so be on the lookout for that. But anyway, on that note, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. If you have any thoughts on how the Super Bowl went, let us know on Twitter and Instagram at BottomLineWMCX and on Twitter at the MVP Show and also on Instagram at MVPQB11, hashtag Bottom Line. Leave a voice message on the Anchor app or anchor.fm and please leave a like and a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube and please subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss a single episode and please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Coming up in the next episode, Neil, we got a new guy joining the team. In case you missed the official announcement on social media last week, we are introducing a new member to the bottom line podcast team. No, Neil is not going anywhere. This has nothing to do with him leaving. He's staying put, and I will not allow him to leave. But I digress there. But we are introducing a new member to the team. His name is Austin Myers. We will be having him as a special guest to talk some hockey. He is a diehard Vegas Golden Knights fan. He's from Vegas, by the way, in case you're wondering that. And we're also going to iron out some details on the new segment that he is going to provide us every week. We're, we're still working on the details of it. It'll probably become official within the next one or two weeks or so. So stay tuned for announcements on social media. But next episode, Austin Myers, the newest member of the Bottom Line podcast team, will be on with us it's going to be a fun fun time so stay tuned for that for new piano i'm jimmy finizzi this is the bottom line podcast and we will see you in the next episode peace out